seven minutes after 10 o'clock at 1035, Jennifer Bukowski is going to be with us, a criminal defense attorney, talking about Trump's attorney's tirade uh, in front of the courthouse in New York. Uh, also, um, the Missouri attorney general suing the Biden administration for uh, a shipment of uh, chemical abortion pills uh, in, in, in mail here into Missouri. We'll get to all that with her at 1035 and more. Uh, but uh, we also have, and we'll go into greater detail here, a progressive who is afraid that uh, our social programs are driving up the debt too much. Wow. <laughs> a progressive willing to admit that? That's hard to believe. And he's got a solution. Uh, you pretty much can figure out what that'll be, but I'll, I'll give you the details. In the meantime... I am having a, a little bit of a problem. Is there anybody within the sound of my voice that raises cattle for dairy? Could you give me a call? Because I am a little confused when I get in the grocery store. And I'm, feel, I'm figuring that uh, if anybody can clarify this, it, it, it'll be somebody who raises cattle. Uh, or who is, you know, knowledgeable about uh, cattle. It really, this has to do with milk more than anything else. So if you work, uh, you know, on a ranch or you, you've got uh, dairy, uh, cattle, uh, give me a call. 800-529-5572. Because, Brian, I, I, think, I think you're wrong about this. And, and we'll find out. Somebody will, will contact us that, uh, that, that does this. I think this. they would call, but they're busy milking. So yeah, otherwise, you know. They would have called. There's a a, a, t- a time limit for. No, not really. It's just that they're right in the middle of that procedure, and it takes a little while. You know, they're listening to the show, but they just can't get to the phone. It's utterly ridiculous to suggest <laughs> that they're unable to call. Um. Well, here's the thing. I go into the grocery store, and there is this big section that's uh, selling soy milk Mm -hmm. and um, almond milk. Oh, that's good stuff, too. Um, And I'm confused because I don't I don't know which udder you have to use uh, to get uh, soy milk from the cow. I'm sure it's you know we've been we've been hitting on the same udder for uh, hundreds of years and getting uh, regular old milk. Well, you see, this is uh, where you just don't understand dairy. There's an oat milk udder, a soy milk udder, an almond milk udder. You just have to know which udder is correct, depending on which beverage you'd like to have. I'm not sure, but I think we've milked this. <laughs> for more than two, more than enough. <laughs> oh Lord, uh, is is this a, uh, somebody who's? Yeah, he's an expert in milk. He's an expert like in milk. Uh huh. Chris, welcome to the program. Well, I've drank a lot of it. I got to tell you. Actually, I used to rent rent some land off of a guy that had a dairy farm. So I used to. Oh, so you would know. Uh, so when you go in a yeah. grocery store and you see a carton of yeah. silk soy milk, uh, you know right away that that came from a different udder on a cow. Yeah, yeah it's it's the other one. Yeah. It's the other one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but there has been a big lawsuit going on 
with the milk producers trying to stop the almond milk, soy milk, all those people from using the word yes. milk. Yes. And, uh, you know, I think, honestly, I think we're all smart enough to know it didn't come from a cow. Wait, what? Here's why I look at it. The cow he just ruined soybeans. it for you, Brian. Okay. You, you, Are you telling me this isn't milk? <laughs> what? Well, we need to pass legislation to to warn oh, people that Brian, they're... Brian, what? you're you're huh? you're good. You're you're safe. Uh, John Fetterman, the genius from Pennsylvania, has written a tweet. It says uh, Pennsylvania's dairy farmers are the heart of our community, critical to our economy, and they're working on passing the Dairy Pride Act. Oh, this is fantastic! And it will stop these people who are milking almonds. <laughs> I'm confused. I thought the Dairy Pride Act was about gay cows. Did I get confused? <laughs> yes, you did. I'll let you go. Thanks, Chris. Uh, thanks for playing. Apparently, and it, it, the headline at Reason Magazine, what do we always say when they come up with a stupid law? <laughs> you're too stupid. The headline, Fetterman thinks you're too dumb to understand that vegan milk isn't dairy. And they want to prevent anybody from saying almond milk or whatever. How absolutely <laughs> insultingly stupid is this? Aren't you glad he's working on the important things for well, the better. American people? At least he's not working on, like, national defense or something. Oh, don't give him any ideas. Oh, God. The bill makes it illegal to market coconut milk as coconut milk. Um, the Dairy Pride Act was uh, reintroduced in March uh, after a first attempt in 2021 would prevent plant-based products from using terms often associated with dairy in their branding. So, if the bill passes, you can't say oat milk or soy yogurt or plant... It, it, it's got to be plant-based cheese um, or oat beverage. <laughs> Somehow it just doesn't have the same <laughs> ring to it. Yeah, give me some of that. Oat beverage, please. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oat beverage? That's so stupid. Uh, that's that literally is. Um, that's that's what they want. That's what the politicians want. Uh, permit such beverages to inappropriately use dairy terminology. Ooh, apparently the dairy industry owns the word milk. And, you know, okay, would I get in trouble then, Brian, if I said we've been milking this for too long? <laughs> Can I use milk in any other way? I don't think so. Not anymore, huh? Oh, thank you, Fetterman. What a genius. All right. Um, I was reading this with uh, really, I was, almost, I was stunned. I couldn't believe this. It is the director of the Progressive Policy Institute Center for Funding the American Future. Uh, the guy's name is Ben Ritz. And he points out that the deficits are a problem. Deficits, he writes, are undermining the Biden economy. In the past year, real federal budget deficit more than doubled from $933 to $2 trillion. $933 billion to $2 trillion. Democrats argued that spending borrowed money was critical, was a critical economic support during the COVID pandemic. But the unemployment rate was, uh, the rate over the past year has been consistently low. 
economists, even those on the far left, who subscribe to the modern monetary theory. I didn't know that you could have an old monetary theory, probably based in logic or something. Uh, but anyway, what he's saying is they're, they, they just keep spending and they can't do that. He said the debt service, paying the interest on the debt, is crowding out progressive priorities. Annual interest payments are at the highest level as a percentage of gross domestic products since the 1990s. By 2028, he reckons, the uh, government is projected to spend more than a trillion dollars on interest alone. He sounds like, it, it sounds like he's been listening to me. More than it spends on Medicaid or national defense. He, he's recognizing, uh, worse, the United States may be entering into a vicious circle where higher deficits increase debt and fuel inflation, which the Federal Reserve must combat, combat uh, by raising interest rates, causing the debt service to cost, uh, cost to balloon even more. More spending, you know, you've got more inflation. More inflation, you got to raise the interest rate. You raise the interest rate, then servicing the debt or paying the interest on the debt gets higher, and it keeps crowding out everything else. Sounds very, very libertarian. I am pleased that someone from the Progressive Institute is being honest with Democrats. Well, he even points out that Social Security and Medicare are going to be cut. They are uh, the largest, fastest growing programs in the federal budget. He admits that. They already spend more on benefits than they take in in taxes. He admits that. My God, what will this guy think of next? He sounds like a libertarian or a conservative. Well, not exactly. <laughs> I knew there was a but coming. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we'll tell you what the but is next on the Gary Nolan Show. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. It's uh, 1021 on the, uh, on the soy milk. Uh, let's see, which one gives, uh, which udder gives buttermilk? Ed, I think it's the one we've been using. It, it's just, uh, we let it, uh, float to the top or whatever. Uh, let's see, it comes from the teat on the left, the almond milk. Okay. And Anson says uh, he loves almond milk. He can't, his body doesn't handle dairy milk very well. Interesting. All right, 1035, that's Jennifer Bukowski and Donald Trump's lawyer. Uh, but right now we're talking about a, a progressive, I mean, way left progressive, director of the Progressive Policy Institute's Center for Funding American uh, uh, Future, America's Future. And he's pointing out these social programs are just eating up the money like we've been telling you. So our solution is to get the government out of that business, quit, you know, getting involved in health care and social security and uh, all of that stuff. Uh, he he didn't quite see it that way, Brian. He says Republicans must be challenged to accept tax increases. Ah, that that'll solve things. Yeah. So, no repercussions at all when you no, raise taxes. No, not at all. People just accept it. You know. So, uh, just to give you an idea of how absolutely ignorant this guy is, he points out that in the past year, 
the real federal budget deficit was around $2 trillion. $2 trillion. That's how much more money we spent than we took in. So his solution is to raise taxes. That means he wants to take $2 trillion more out of the economy. Think about that. $2 trillion <laughs> have to come out of taxpayer pockets in order for the progressives to continue their march toward the failed uh, uh, policies of socialism. He says a financial fix would boost confidence in government. Managing public finances is one of the government's most basic responsibilities, and voters are unlikely to support new progressive policies when they believe the government can't even pay for the promises they've already been making. So, in other words, if you put this all together, you have to take $2 trillion out of the economy just so we don't go further in debt. And then he wants to spend more because apparently there are more progressive policies they want to pass. Oh, good. That means $2 trillion isn't going to be enough. <laughs> well, if you take enough money out of the economy, it just doesn't move. Can you do the, the math on this? If we have 165 uh, million taxpayers in the United States... And how much more taxes would you have to raise? How much would it cost each individual? I, I if, wouldn't. I I would need somebody who, yeah. who understands calculus to get through this. <laughs> this is ridiculous. So, what this guy is saying publicly, and, and it's uh, it's on paper. I mean, we're not talking, you know, some ephemeral. You know, we're in a conversation and it disappears. It's right there. Two trillion dollars. You know that th that uh, question I always ask listeners when we uh, cover another trillion in debt, and I say one million dollars a day left over. Just to give you an idea of how impossible that scenario is, you would need to generate or cut spending to the tune of two trillion dollars annually. To come up with something in the neighborhood of a million dollars a day. It's not possible. You, you, you cannot have these social programs and an economy at the same time. Because you'd, you'd have to take so much money out of the economy, it would collapse. Why would I want to invest my money when if I get a return, and at $2 trillion in tax increases, it's going to be one hell of a tax burden, uh, I get none of the money back. It's not worth it. Every time, historically, they cut taxes in this country, the economy takes off. And, that's, and if you look historically at those periods, that's when the most innovations in, in technology and, and in the market happen. 
you cut taxes and, uh, you know, you got cell phones and you get uh, dishwashers and, and stoves and all kinds. I mean, you can go all the way back to the 1920s. You cut taxes, people invest, new products come to the market. You raise taxes, people keep their money. They don't want to take any risks because it's not worth it. And everything slows down. This guy wants another $2 trillion plus whatever else, whatever, whatever other programs he wants to introduce. A financial fix would boost confidence, he wrote in the government. These concerns undid President Biden's Build Back Better plan in 2021. Adopting policies to put the national debt on a downward trajectory would build fiscal space for new public investments and other measures. That is absolutely insane. And that's the way the left think. He just proved it. He just put his stupidity on paper for the world to see. Don't, you know, the old saying when you're in a hole, quit digging? <laughs> no, no not, not him. Bring in a steam shovel. Let's go further. Stop the spending didn't cross his mind, huh? Uh, no, no, oh, not at weird. all. That, that, that was not an idea that, that uh, <laughs> he entertained for even a moment. Wall Street Journal has a piece on those uh, electric cars. EV makers turn to discounts. Uh, we'll see if we can uh, get some of that to you. Uh, in the final hour of the program, we're going to talk a little bit about um, the Douglas Park improvements up here in Columbia and the gay sanctuary city that they want. I don't know. It sounds strange. But we'll do that with the news god. Um uh, Brian Houseworth. In the meantime, Jennifer Bukowski, she's going to be with us in just a few minutes. Trump's lawyer just went off the rails. She was furious. Jennifer has something to say about this because she's been in the in those shoes. She has uh, tried cases where the attorney, uh, where the lawyer was, um, the judge rather, was difficult to uh, to work with, and uh, she. She's got some advice for this attorney. Uh, also, uh, there is a, apparently a lawsuit. The federal government is allowing uh, abortifactants to be shipped into the state of Missouri. The attorney general doesn't like this. Hey, Brian, do we know anybody in the attorney general's office that we could... No, not a single soul. Not a uh -uh. single soul. Oh. Yeah, and not anybody that would come on your show. Let's no. just put it that way. No. no. <laughs> for those of you listening in Springfield, our morning show guy went to work for the attorney general. And and uh, he's, he's washed his hands of you. Yes. He's like, he's, couldn't wait to get out. Got out from under That's that. That's why one. he left. Yeah. <laughs> I drove him out. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that. And also the uh, Nashville shooter, um, this guy, Audrey Hale. By the way, I watched Fox News today, and they referred to him as her. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Gary Nolan Show, Zimmer Radio Network. This.
This is the Gary Nolan Show. 10.35, Gary Nolan Show. Brian, I I need your advice. I, I got a message from uh, a woman named Lydia Landrum. She's, uh, she says that she works at the New Bloomfield Community Christian School. Uh-huh. And she says th- th- she wants to know if they can get uh, announce an event on the program. She said the school is a 501c3 nonprofit in New Bloomfield, Missouri, uh, and de- in desperate need of an expansion. Uh, and, and they're participating in this year's Giving Tuesday and asking for donations from people and businesses that want to see the new Bloomfield Community Christian School grow. They don't have uh, enough classroom left, uh, enough classroom space left, uh, and they're going to have to expand next year. They're hosting an event on Tuesday, November 28th, uh, where they're going to sell bowls of chili, slices of pie, uh, in hopes of uh, seeing some donations. Uh, and and I'm not sure that I can even mention this on the radio. Yeah, that would be a sales announcement. Uh, so I will, f- if you would send that to me, I'll forward it to the sales department so they can uh, be in contact with her to let her know how much you know an it ad will is cost, cost to, to yeah. run ads. Yeah. Well, you know, she she did uh, uh, offer to uh, send me um, a, a flyer on this event. Uh huh. Uh, and maybe we should wait until we get the flyer, and then uh, and then we'll know for sure if it's yeah, something that we might not get the flyer in time of of the event. When was the event again? Oh, uh, it's actually uh, going to be uh, November twenty eighth. November twenty Tuesday, okay. November twenty eighth. Yeah, you might have time to get bowls the flyer. of chili, slices of pie. Oh, of chili. yeah, that would be great. Oh but, yeah, yeah. We can't mention anything anything about the event that's coming up on the twenty eighth. Until sales department contacts them and sends them a bill. Yeah, it's at New Bloomfield Community Christian School. They're trying to raise money for that. Yeah. Because they got so many students. Yeah, we'll get something up for them. A really Uh, creative message. They're they're going to have to send me, uh, uh, Lydia, you're going to have to send me something, a a flyer or something, so that I have more details, okay? Uh, In the meantime, uh, let me do this. Um, You know, that might be somebody on this... uh, on this event. I don't know. If it is, let me know, and, and, and we'll see if we can clarify all this. And then we'll chat with Jennifer Bukowski, because I'm always anxious to hear from Jen. Jennifer, welcome. How are you? Jennifer? I'm doing well, Gary. You know, I was um, I was uh, looking for Chuck E. Cheese uh, yesterday when you uh, texted me, and, and I <laughs> couldn't find it anywhere in Columbia. <laughs> what? I wonder why that is. I don't know. Uh, yesterday when I was talking about uh, this restaurant in Georgia that's offering, uh, that will charge you $50 if your kids misbehave. I said they should take the kids to Chuck E. Cheese or something. And Jennifer jumped up and said, no, there's no Chuck E. Cheese left in Columbia. <laughs> yeah, you guys kind of... Like a bunch of curmudgeons in Turing Bed segment. <laughs> Child hating curmudgeons. That's okay though. I still like you. Yeah, well, we don't like kids. Is that okay? I mean, we're really we we are curmudgeons. Curmudgeons. Who needs kids anyway? Yeah, They're yeah. like pretty useless. They yeah, really you got to feed them and clothe them and yeah, drive them around. Yeah, yeah. Till they're old yeah, enough to take your car for a ride. Yeah. <sighs> 
Elena Haba. Oh, man. Did she let loose in front of the courthouse? Holy Toledo. You have a right to hire a lawyer who can stand up and say something when they see something wrong. But I was told to sit down today. I was yelled at. And I've had a judge who is unhinged slamming a table. Let me be very clear. I don't tolerate that in my life. I'm not going to tolerate it here. And you know what? You shouldn't either. I mean, <laughs> she was she was hot uh, about this. And uh, you said that you've, you know, tried cases in front of judges that frustrated you, but you didn't think she should have gone well, out there and... Mary, if you haven't been yelled at by a judge, you're not a litigator, okay? And I don't tolerate just rude people in my life either, but as a lawyer, you occasionally have to put up with rude judges and laugh at their lame jokes, too. It's part of practicing law, and I don't know what she's... She's not going to tolerate it? Well, she's in court all day today with a the guy. They're going to be in court together through, like, after Thanksgiving. It's... uh I thought that that was an unprofessional temper tantrum that she threw yesterday. I think she's a little in over her head. I looked her up. She's she's a great dresser, very pretty. She is vociferous uh, and very supportive of President Trump, which is good. But I wonder about her strategic abilities and her legal abilities because she, you know, was uh, she represented represented i use the word loosely she came to trump's attention by sending a letter demanding that uh this real housewives of new jersey person get reinstated on facebook because uh, she claimed that she had been disabled for wishing melania trump a happy birthday facebook just ignored the letter she filed like a hundred million dollar lawsuit for Trump uh, against several other people, including the New York Times and Times reporters and Mary L. Trump, got dismissed for failing as a matter of constitutional law. Uh, she's worked on a couple other lawsuits that got kicked for Trump. And before that, she doesn't seem to have had much experience with big cases. So I think she's a little um, in over her head. She apparently replaced some experienced attorneys. <laughs> when uh, she joined this team. And so there's so many different cases going on. And I know that, you know, she's very good looking and she is a very, I don't know, sure of herself when she's speaking. But I wonder if uh, she's actually that good of a lawyer. Because I'll tell you what, when you come out and you call a judge unhinged, you stomp out of the courtroom and you call them unhinged, that's an unprofessional move. The appellate court judges are going to take note of that. And not only are they going to think that your courtroom conduct warranted the judge's outburst, but they are also less likely to find for your client on any other grounds for appeal. And so she put her own like need to vent her fury or get attention ahead of her client's best interest. And I, I think that that was a bad move. And I think it's pretty obvious it was a bad move. I also think the judge is a wacko. I mean, literally. Yeah, but he actually apologized to her, Gary. Did he? Like, he? He regained his, that same day, he apologized for yelling at her earlier. But she's still off on Fox News, you know, like, <laughs> I was joking on Twitter, like, don't we all? 
you know, if we're going to be in court the whole next day with the judge and have to appear before him, don't we go trash him on national TV? It sounds like a good, solid move, you know? Yeah, but she's going to be she's going to be wealthy as all get out uh, before this is done uh, because every oh sure uh, the RNC. What's the thing yet, Gary? Huh? I I can't find it in her whole Wikipedia page. I don't see a single case she's ever won. Doesn't matter. She's got a high profile. She's outspoken, defending a Republican. The Republicans will support she's, her. She's a Republican, though. If she were a hot lawyer on the left like that, they'll take care of her. On the right, uh, I think they're more focused on merit and whether you can deliver results. <laughs> you think they'll just let her starve because she's no good. All right. Uh, on the judge, uh, Jimmy is on the line. Let's uh, find out what's up. Jimmy, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. And I guarantee you one thing. That judge wouldn't be acting like that if that was a man standing there or if it was a trans woman or anything of color. That he would not use his hand to physically hit the desk in a threatening manner, trying to intimidate. I, it's totally biased. It's, it should be a mistrial immediately. And sometimes an apology isn't enough. And every attorney will tell you that. An apology from a judge that knows everything about everything, saying he's sorry. No, that's not enough. He needs to step away. Thank you. Uh, uh all right, Jimmy, thank you. I am okay. not so yeah, sure I, I agree. I got asked by a judge one time if I, the prosecutor and I were bickering, a grown man, by the way, if we wanted to step outside, take it outside, you know, like we get snapped at. We get, I've been called, both sides were called, you know, whiners, like judges yell at attorneys. It happens, you know, and uh, the fact that she's so shocked by that makes me worry that she doesn't have enough litigation experience to be handling this. She also was on the defense team with that crazy lady that claimed Trump raped her in a dressing room, lost that case. Yeah, uh, but, she's, anyway. but, but she's pretty. She is very pretty. She looks yeah. a little bit like Melania when, good, when they photograph her at good angles. Yeah, who, who so cares, who cares if she loses? It's a good image. But, uh, Brian, yeah. Brian, does it matter if she loses, if she's that pretty? Uh, no comment. <laughs> No, uh -uh. you wouldn't. You <laughs> wouldn't want to see her briefs. Like, I wonder how aware they are. <laughs> I wonder how aware pretty people are that they just aren't held to as high of a standard sometimes. No, no, no. We we have great. to we have to really uh, uh, do our jobs. Uh, just because we're exceedingly attractive doesn't mean we get to skate. And and I know this from but. experience, being dashingly handsome. <coughs> and I, uh, Brian, you okay? No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Trump might be running his mouth, and it might be smart of him as a campaign move to be running his mouth. But unless they really don't care about the results of this case at all, and they're just assuming they're going to lose, I think it's unwise for attorneys to be ripping on the judges like that if they want to have hopes of winning these points on appeal, which they should win some of this stuff on appeal because this is a statute that researchers that have looked into. They can't find a single case in New York where a claim has been brought under this law where there's no victim. Time will tell. Uh, all right, we're up against the clock. We have to take a break. Uh, Howard Kurtz, uh, Trump's combative testimony at the fraud trial, not aimed at lecturing judge. Uh, this, I'm telling you, this judge is a wacko. Gary Nolan Show, Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 1051, and Jennifer Bukowski is with us uh, as a criminal uh, defense attorney. She has... Uh, She's been yelled at by by judges in the past. 
And she says Trump's lawyers should have just kept her mouth shut, did her job. But President Trump uh, may have uh, may have gotten himself a little bit of trouble. Uh, it seems that he, he told a whopper on the stand. He was asked uh, whether uh, uh, he was involved in the 2021 valuations of his properties. And he said uh, to the prosecutor, I was busy in the White House. My threshold was China, Russia, and keeping our country safe. The prosecutor followed up saying, just to clarify, you weren't president in 2021, correct? To which he said, no, I wasn't. Um, I was for 20 days. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's cutting it kind of close. Um, So the... um, the testimony was more campaign than testimony, wasn't it? At least that's... Yeah, I mean, the judge is not listening. He already entered an order. The judge referred to that when they were bickering in court yesterday because Trump had pulled out a piece of paper. He's like, this will clear my name. And the judge is like, if you're talking about the disclaimer, you know, you should read my judgment, maybe for the first time, because I addressed it in there. Now, I'm not saying that this judge... Uh, his ruling was appropriate or anything, but he was aware of that piece of paper that he refused to let Trump read. And, uh, yeah, it was all showmanship. He wasn't saying that for the judge, but the problem was there's no cameras in the courtroom. So I actually have a problem with this. Missouri is very good about allowing cameras in the courtroom, and I think that's why we get so many, uh, you know, date lines and stuff like that out of our state because we are... um, a state that tends to allow more cameras in the courtroom and even in prison. Some states don't allow it at all. New York, apparently, I've read it's illegal to have the trials on video. But the public has a right to know. And not everyone can go and fight for a seat in that courtroom. And I think it uh, it would be appropriate for everyone to be able to see for themselves, is this judge acting crazy? Is the lawyer acting crazy? Is Trump acting appropriate? He's running for president. We should be able to see what he's saying and how he's being treated in that courtroom. And I think it's ridiculous that New York doesn't allow for cameras in their courtroom. But I think- I'm sure that Trump wishes they had him there, too, because he's like talking like he's talking to the cameras, to the judge, reportedly, but we can't see it ourselves. Yeah, but it'll get reported. Uh, and that's what he wants. But but the, the problem with putting cameras and everything. The problem with putting cameras in the courtroom, according to some, is that the attorneys start acting for the cameras instead of doing their job. I don't know about that, Gary, because at the end of the day, is that like the jury, which there should be one here. I don't know why there isn't, but uh, they didn't request one, and I don't understand why. But. The jury or the judge is the one that decides, and so you're focused on them. Well, I've had trials where there's been cameras in the courtroom, and my focus has never been on the camera. You're not facing the camera. That's why when I'm buying suits, though, I do like look at what it looks like from behind because that's what ends up being on the camera is you from behind because that's where you're focused the whole time is on the judge and the jury. Well, depending on who it is, that would be a good view. Uh, according to Keith, uh, Keith says, I disagree with Jen. What is Trump's lawyer supposed to do? Stand there and get railroaded by a corrupt judge or stand up for her client? The judge already made his mind up before the trial even started. Might as well tell the judge what the rest of us are already thinking. I say let it be out there in public so the whole world 
can see what a con job it is. Probably a Trump fan, I'm just guessing. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm a fan of Trump too, but you, as a lawyer, that's not your, you need to be more professional and you need to have the high ground. So when you're on appeal, if the judge did act, out of, you know, lose his comportment and act unprofessionally, you're not adding to that by being unprofessional yourself. Then the appellate court is going to be like, well, she had it coming, you know, and we can understand why this judge may have lost his temper briefly. And then they're going to be like, be looking more skeptically at every other claim you're making on appeal. You need to maintain a sense of professionalism in the courtroom to be taken seriously down the line for your client's sake. Yeah, I've I've had judges treat me outrageously a couple of times I vividly recall, and I would have liked nothing more than to march out of the courtroom and give a press conference. In one particular case, I could have done that and tell everyone how dumb and mean and unfair the judge was, but... My duty is to my client, and that would not have been in my client's best interest. Let's bring it a little closer to home. The Missouri Attorney General is suing the Biden administration because they uh, send some abortifactants into the uh, state of Missouri uh, through the mail. Uh, what do you see here? Is, the, is there a case to be made? Because I'm, I'm really up on, uh, I just, I don't like to see things get banned because I know the black market gets... I knew you would you would be conflicted on this one, Carrie, <laughs> because uh, I guess the Biden administration changed this FDA rule uh, to just for these uh, uh, chemical abortion pills to where you don't need a provider or a clinic involved in order to uh, get some sort of certification by CVS or Walgreens got these certifications where you can just. People could order them online and then they could be mailed directly to them. And so the federal government was trying to change their laws or their regulations under the FDA in order to allow, excuse me on that, uh, in order to allow for this, uh, these pills to be mailed directly to, even though after Dobbs, decisions about abortion policy were supposed to be sent back to the state and the Biden administration saw this as an end round around that to make the abortion pill legal in all 50 states. So uh, Andrew Bailey, our attorney general, filed suit yesterday. Uh, It was joined by the states of Idaho and Kansas, and they're challenging this law, saying that it is unconstitutional and trying to put an injunction on it to stop it. I don't know. A black market will be created, and it'll be more dangerous, and that's what scares me. Well, if you read in Reason Magazine, it was a couple days ago, abortions are up. (laughs) Hang on, hang on. We're up against the clock. We're going to come back and finish this, and then we'll talk about the Nashville Shooters Manifesto on The Gary Nolan Show. This is The Gary Nolan Show 